Hello and welcome back to the Florida Hockey Podcast. Justin Bedford alongside Noah Russo. How you doing this week, buddy? Pretty good. How are you? Good. Good to, good to be back on the show. We weren't able to do a Sunday episode because we were both busy. So nice to, to be back doing the show. And uh, yeah, things have been good. You were um, an avalanche game, I believe. Yeah, I uh, got to do a quick little Denver trip. Uh, kind of worked out perfectly since uh, the Spokane Chiefs we're down with a case of the COVID. So, Seems to be going around these days. So yeah, our, our game actually got, our games actually got canceled. So it really worked out perfectly, but went to Denver, hung out for a bit, saw the avalanche game. It was awesome. Alex Newhook scored a goal, which was pretty cool. Uh, and Sammy Girard just lit up the lamp. Uh, and I love it. I, I, love I mean, you're a, a big, you're a like, big Sammy Girard. I, I'm a big Sammy Girard. You, Makes sense. You're both you give me, defensemen. you give me an undersized French Canadian defenseman. Like I am it's, all. It's you. That. It's you. Yeah. That is you. There, there might or might not be a video interview of me being described as that exact same um, type of player. But yeah, so he he got the first star actually. So that was that was awesome. Um, but yeah, heard- great great game. Saw the Avalanche crush the sh- the Sharks, which was pretty fun to watch. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's a fun game. I mean, sh- Sharks will look good this year. At, like surprisingly yeah. but not not in that one which you know no Colorado coming couture, alive couture did score the first goal of the game and oh, what a fucking rocket yeah like his release is ridiculous nice I, yeah he's i wasn't even upset it was the first goal of the game and i was like i was full on cheering for the avalanche and i was like I, I, how can you be upset at this how yeah, can like, you, how like, can there, you there's sometimes like a goal is just like so nice that like you like even if it's not your team like you gotta respect it like it wasn't even like highlight reel or anything. It was just a laser, like just a really, really good shot. Yeah, good player, good player. Anyways, yeah. No, so actually, that, I, that I went was... to my first hockey game in like two years this week. Oh, really? Yeah, I went to see the Niagara Ice Dogs. <laughs> okay. Um, I was weird because I, I was buying tickets and I thought I bought tickets like because you know the the arena where uh, the Ice Dogs play, it's uh like one yes. bowl. So I thought the Meridian I bought tickets. Center. I'm, yeah, I'm, Meridian I'm very Center. familiar with it. Yeah, I used to work there. So I, yeah. I thought I bought tickets at the top, right? So you'd have a nice view of the playing surface, right? Yeah, the club seats. Yeah, no, I, I apparently I bought front row. <laughs> so we're right You're along the glass. Kidding. <laughs> but it was sick. We were in the corner too. So a lot of hits. It was sick. Which corner? Um section like 107. I don't like know. Like by the Zamboni Bay or on the other end? Other end. Oh, sick. Yeah. So you got to see them score twice. Yeah, good game. Uh, yeah, I was. Yeah, who are they playing? Of, uh, they're playing Oshawa. Oh, nice. Yeah, and they yeah they won, which was surprising. Yeah. But, How uh, is uh they they actually have a Sharks prospect themselves, uh, Gushin, Daniil Gushkin. Yeah, he was a healthy scratch the game before. He looked incredible. 
He's first start. Is he a healthy scratch? Uh, you, you'd have to ask the coach. Um, but he like he's un- he's unreal. He's been tearing it up with for them. I think. Yeah, yeah, it's weird. Like there weren't a lot of like big name prospects in there. Like you know, now that Saran Noel has moved on from the Generals, I mean, very unfortunate. But very unfortunate. He's, he's it's for the best because he's going to tear it up in the NHL yeah, one day for sure. But yeah, just so nice to be back in a rink, really. Yeah, like miss miss that. But yeah, good week. And uh, but in terms of you know our Florida Panthers, um. Been a been a tricky stretch the last few. Uh, you know, they, like they grab points off of Pittsburgh and Tampa, but it's two losses uh, there. Um, and you're hearing, you know, been hearing a lot of noise on, on Twitter and stuff about, you know, fans unhappy with the coaching. And it's like, I get that. Like the team seems in a bit of a, a slump, maybe at least before that Islanders game. Um, like, even though, yeah, they're, they're grabbing, you know, OT and shootout points, but maybe not playing like they were at the start of the year. Um, but, like, at the end of the day, like, this is a very good hockey team. You aren't going to win every game. And, like, they'll find it again, I'm sure of it. Yeah. Like, like uh, really. Yeah, I, I, I also think so. And then um, got rewarded with a big win. Was it last night now? Um, last night or two nights ago. Over, yeah, over the I, Islanders. I'm pretty sure it was last. It was last night. Yeah, Islanders on a back to back. Yeah, huge, huge win. Big first period. The four goals. Uh, really like nice. Uh, I think it's the type of game they needed. I think. Like, it definitely is. Like, like that's the type of game where like that helps you. You know, when you're, when you're in a bit of a funk, right? You, you know, maybe things aren't gelling like, like they were. It's a bit of a slide. You have a game like that. Offense pops. Your goaltending's good. Your defense is good. You're going up against a good team, and I know the Islanders were on a back-to-back, but uh, still a really, really good win. Uh, yeah, and I mean to have the first per- first period they had, like they just they came out I blitzed them. Yeah, I, exactly. Like the Islanders never saw the blitz coming, and the Panthers capitalized, and that was just a freaking massive sack. Like that's like the equivalent of sacking for a safety. Yeah. Yeah. It's which, yeah. It's like, you always want to get it to a good start. That is like, that's as good a start as you could get really. Like you can't, you can't do any better than like, you know, like obviously like you could theory in theory, like, yeah, they could have scored five instead of four, but like the best start. Like, and you, you see how the momentum carries when you have that good of a start. So really could not ask for anything better. No, no. In a game where uh, uh, Bruno coach uh, decided to put Barkov and Huberto back together, which um, before we get into that, I just, like, what are your thoughts on, on that, that decision to bring those two back together? They haven't played together in over a year. It was interesting. I really liked the dynamic they had of having Huberto on the first line and um, uh, Barkov – Sorry, give you, I, give, yeah, it's Barkov on the first Barkov line. on the but first it, line and Huberdeau on the second line because because it essentially uh, gives you two first lines. Exactly. Yeah. But so I, I, like, I, I get the idea of stacking on the first line. I, you know, you, you want to know what it makes sense and it worked. Yeah. Uh, but I, my personal preference is for a more even balance. Yeah. Well, so, like, so you, I'm a little critical of it, but at the same time, is like, you do what you got to do and it paid off 
Yeah. So to me, it's like, look, the reality is the, the two games before that, they scored two goals in each game. It's not brutal, but it's not what we're accustomed to from this team. Like this is a team that um, its identity is built around, you know, this kind of high octane offense and playing with pace. Right. And that was kind of lacking uh, with the lines, the way they were. And you go back to Barkov and Huberto, right? They played together a lot throughout their careers, right? Largely out of necessity because there wasn't enough depth around them, right? And so, mm-hmm. like, as much as, you know, it's worked really well for a, a while having them on separate lines, to put them together, even if it's just, you know, for a game, whatever it is, I, I don't mind it because of the depth that's now there, Right. Yeah, exactly. It's it, like if you were if you were throwing them together and then your second line sucked, right? Your second line got caved in. Mm-hmm. Then which it does not. No, because like they they have the players there, they have the talent uh and the quality of players. So I don't mind them going back to it even if it just just to get a spark, right? And that's like what that game uh you know can be for a team uh, a nice statement win uh over a good well-coached hockey team. Um uh, yeah, I think it'll do do a lot to kind of turn things around a bit, get back on track, um, you know, bring back some confidence in the group. Uh, good win for the coach too, who, you know, again, facing some maybe criticism from people, which I think is premature considering, you know, the situation, like coming in kind of out of nowhere and he's never coached before. Um, so, and I'm, you know, he, he's learning as he goes too, right? Is yeah, what you have to remember. This really isn't, tough. It, it's it, not an it, NHL coach with a thousand games that's taken over. It's a coach who's never coached an NHL game. Exactly. It's always so much easier to be critical, right? Like that's just yeah. automatically that's where most people's brain goes. Yeah. yeah. So, and like, of course there's like decisions he's made that I, I don't personally agree with. Like I think in the Pittsburgh game and the shootout, he goes with Patrick Hornquist over a guy like Declare in the shootout. And I get Patrick Hornquist back in pit, you know, back against Pittsburgh, his old team, right? Throw him in there, give him that moment. But yeah, like, that's that was, a nice it's a nice it, moment. But if you want to win a hockey game, that is not your best move. No, there's there's a heartbreaker in the shootout. Yeah, and I, like you feel bad too, because Bob was unbelievable that game. Yeah, and then like Hornquist just I can't even remember what move he tried in the shootout. The question did he even try a move? I can't remember. Or did I he just turn his back remember. and try to tip the puck in? <laughs> I don't think it was the latter, but the latter would have probably worked. Yeah, about the same percentage. Like it's like I get it, and it's it's a nice thing to do, but it's the National Hockey League. You're trying to win games. You should probably go with your, your best shootout lineup. Like it's just like little things like that. Like it's not a huge, huge like coaching gaff or anything like that, but it, it's a dis- like it's something I disagree with uh, personally. Mm-hmm. I, I I would tend to agree with you. Um, yeah, you gotta you gotta do the what puts you in a position to to win the game. Yeah, and that's that's not what was done. Yeah, like that's yeah, as as a coach, your job, and it, it it's I I actually wrote a. a in my last class, I, um, I I wrote a little blurb about this. Is um, they were they were bringing up the I don't know if you you remember this Greg Popovich in game in um it, like years ago decided he was gonna sit like all his best players on a trip to Miami 
and sent them back home at the end of the road trip instead of traveling to Miami. And oh, it's such a uh, shame, man. Miami's beautiful. Well, San Antonio plays Miami once a year, and it was like San Antonio was pretty gross that year. Uh, so it was just like from they got fined 250k by David Stern. All, all that to say is what what I wrote is a, a coach has a duty, and it's their responsibility to make it so the team has the best chance of winning. Yeah, but it's and also it's like best it's chance also of like... winning that night but also best chance of winning the championship see i was about to say that too because it's it's the short-term versus long-term effect like a move like that and this is just an example of a move like patrick hornquist in the shootout right but something like that where it's like all right like it's a nice moment for him right let him have that moment you know give your give your player that opportunity show some trust and belief in him right that might lose you the game but it might you know help him play better overall might help you be a better team for the long run is stuff yeah. like that. Um, but that's so, just, like, I don't think that's the case here per se, but like when coaches make decisions like that, where it's like, this doesn't help. It's like when you bench a player in a game, right? Like that's, when, that's like your, I, I really, I really understand where Brunette was coming from yeah. just because of like, it would be such a good feel good story. Yeah. But you're not, you're not in that position to create feel good stories. If you are hired as an NHL coach, you are not there to please everyone. You are yeah. there to make the decisions that will win you games. Yeah. And, and, and you got... that, that being said, like it's, we're probably making more out of it than it actually is. And, and, and again, Fuck this it, is just it, like, like an example of a decision. Like there's exactly. been a few, this exactly. is just a notable one. Exactly. So like, yeah, at the end of the day, like a shootout, it's one point. I doubt one point is going to make or break the Panthers season. We'll check Although, back in April. We're going to have a very different conversation in April if that's a deciding factor is, well, maybe if you don't put Hornquist in the shootout, maybe you make the playoffs or maybe you finish first, that type of discussion. Yeah. And I don't think it gets to that point. But no, like, me neither. It, right. But like, I get like, you're trying to send a message. You're trying to like, if you're trying to send a message to light a fire or to just show some belief and trust in a player, like those things can go a long way in the long run, but in the short term, it might hurt you. Like it, it does in that game. Yeah. And I don't know how, like how many times I've said this on this show, but it's a high risk, high reward move. And that, I mean, the risk wasn't worth it at that point. And yeah, it's just like the there was no wasn't even that great. It was a consequence, actually. Yeah. So, it, I don't see Brunette as a high risk, high reward type of guy. No, like that's not like especially his coaching like, style right now. But like with this group, I just want was... like with this group, I literally just want like a steady, like I'd want a steady hand on the wheel. Mm, exactly. Just, right, just someone that like is is a player's coach that keeps the system the same and makes sure that that you know everything's good. Like, that's all I want. I'm not asking him, you know, a coach to reinvent the wheel or to mix it up or go with, like, I don't want drastic changes. No. And I don't think a lot of people want that. Like stick with what works and find a way to like, again, I know it's a lot of distraction from everything that's happened with around the coaching situation. But if you can just find a way to just keep, get, you know, get back to what it was at the start of the season and, and kind of move past it, then like that, that's what I want from a coach right now with this team. Mm -hmm. Me too.
right? Because look, it's it's a great roster with great players. Let them play. Trust the systems. Um, a lot of it is like just, and I think you know, personal relations too. Like that's what it comes down to in, in terms of coaching style is just how well you could get a feel for your players, and mm-hmm. you know when a guy's going, when a guy's not going, how to get guys going. That's what I'm looking for right now. Yeah, me too. Um, like and- the the worst thing you can do as a coach is like come in and implement a new system midway through a season sorry midway through a successful season yeah and it it's not midway i know well, and it's again like i know maybe like 10, a, yeah, like, a fifth of the way in yeah like 15 even. games in and and it's weird because usually when a coach takes over a new team that team sucks and that that's why there's a coaching vacancy this is a different scenario where the team doesn't suck um but there is legitimate reasons to to make a coaching change and so it's, it's an interesting situation. Like you don't see it that much. Maybe the, the Calgary flames and bill Peters, like they won a president's trophy with him. And then they were doing like, all right, the next year uh, before they let him go. But like, to, to be honest, like if the, the, the only situation right now I see where a, a drastic change is necessary and I don't know why they're not doing it is the whole Jim Benning in Vancouver situation. Well, I like, we could talk about that for probably an hour. So we won't, I don't think we should get into it too much, No, but that's a tire fire right there. That, that is like an absolute dumpster fire. I apparently players hate him. Jim Benning. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I have no read on the situation. Um, I like, I just hearing from I have a, there's a coworker with my, of mine that is good friends with an ex Canuck who is no longer there. Who was only there for a couple, for a season or two for, I think he was only there for one season. From what I heard, they do not, do not like Jim Bennett. No, no. I'm like, so that, that's the only place I see like a drastic change happening. That being said in Florida, because you're taking over a team with success, just ride the wave yeah that's what that's what we're looking for yeah i think ride the wave embrace the challenge and opportunity and you know and i'm sure we'll see some growth from him too because again first time coaching right entirely Mm -hmm. new situation like i know you know people say well he was an assistant coach before that he's been a player for for you know a thousand games when you're when, when you're the main voice behind the bench it is a much different scenario it is completely different. It's not it, like it's night and day. Yeah. Like it, it, it's so different than it would seem, you know, at, at a glance. Um, last thing though, I want to talk about from, from previous Panthers games though, is from the Islanders game. We've been holding off on talking about oh. it until now, but the Scott Mayfield knee on the head on Alexander Barkov thoughts. Oh, I have a, a couple. I know. Honestly, in, in the moment, as soon as I saw the first replay, because I, I, I like this was one of the rare occasions where I found myself watching a Panthers game live. As soon as I saw the replay, I, I knew it was going to be five in a game. You, you can't fucking do that. You, no, you, you, you can't do that. Like you can't. Like, like it was a textbook knee. It, 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 that is literally how it's written up in the rule book. Yeah. He was leading with the knee. And 
there was there was no effort to avoid the contact. There was nothing. That was a textbook. And I can't I, I must I can't remember which broadcast I was listening to, but the guys were saying it was I think it was the it was the ESPN. It was the ESPN broadcast, and ESPN has a I don't know what the hell his qualifications are to be in this position, but they have like a, a referee analyst, like they like all the broadcasts do now. Yeah, to, yeah. to look at these like controversial calls. And this guy obviously had no idea what he was talking about because he was not making a decision. He was very scared to make a decision on on whether or not it should be five in a game. And it was obvious to me, at least. Yeah. It was and five like, in game. Like, and then he, he didn't end up giving a reason. And then they, they the ref came out and it was a very quick deliberation compared to others. And the five in a game was assessed. And I think that was the right call. That was perfect. You just you can't do that. No, it's such a dangerous play, and it's interesting because I'm just thinking about this kind of now as we're, we're talking about you know that hit, and obviously like that's a bad hit, and like Scott Mayfield, like he, he should know better. He's a veteran player in this league, right? Yeah, like you you know what you're doing. You know that you can't do that. I know you're you're probably trying to make a play, but you know like what's going to happen in that situation, or at least mm-hmm. you should, um, at his level of experience. But I'm thinking about now, like, there's been, like, quite a few – It's in, I'm thinking about, like, player safety and injuries and suspensions and stuff from this season. And there seems to be a lot – like, I haven't seen too many, like, or at least not more than usual, like, hits to the head type of stuff, right? Yeah. Like, not a ton. Like, obviously, like, there, you know, concussions and there has been some. But I've seen a lot more knee-on-knee kind of stuff this year. Like, a lot more slew foots. Uh a lot more neon knee hits than I think in previous years. And I've no data to back that up other than like just <laughs> from watching some games, like you see it a lot, like PK Subban, like what he's got like three, four slew foots this year. Yeah. Like it's insane to me. And cause like those, like the concussions get a lot of attention because they're very dangerous in the long-term effects. Right. But neon knee stuff is so dangerous and can derail players careers. I mean, didn't Cam Neely have, horrible knee issues because of i think it was an altercation with ulf samuelson yeah neely was playing with with boston of course samuelson was with pittsburgh they had an altercation neely ended up like bruising his knee pretty pretty bad and that basically ended his career yeah like no like knees knees are tough like there's a tough injury to come back from and i think we're seeing a lot more stuff from that like from players in that regard this year like i'm not seeing you know guys you know, charging and like leaping off the ice to, you know, throw an elbow. But I think you're seeing a lot more going into the corner, you know, a little kick out of the back leg. I've seen it, you know, quite a few times uh, this year. And, you know, that hit on Barkov is just another example uh, of just like dangerous plays that don't get as much attention. Yeah. Right. Like a lot of that. Yeah. And I Um, think, I think the call was made on the ice. I think that was perfect. And Supplemental discipline, listen, like happened in the second, first, second period. Like the penalty was assessed. I don't think it's supplementary discipline is necessary. I don't. Because it's because it's early, early enough a game. You're considering that's like a game you've missed. Yeah. And I mean, you're you're more of the referee expert here than me because you've (sighs) ref hockey. Um, I, I, I think maybe a fine. I just I don't see it as being a suspendable offense. The, the part to me is the fact that Barkov's now at week to week, which all things considered from the, the scenario is 
better than it looked initially, I think. I mean, I was terrified. I mean, initially I'm thinking, oh, there's the season. Like, that's your, you know, your best player, your number one center. And, you know, there goes his knee. But week to week is – it's bad. Like, it's not great, but it's better than, you know, an entire season. You know, especially after, like, we saw what happened to Aaron Eckblad and his knee last year uh, on that weird collision against yeah. Dallas. Like, I do not want to think about that. That was a horrendous one. Um, but, yeah, so week to week, but, like, week to week – because of a play directly because of Scott Mayfield, right? Like that, like that stuff always like makes me mad where it's like, like the Panthers are now without Barkov for yeah, maybe two, three weeks. And the Islanders will have Scott Mayfield in the lineup for the next game. Uh, not that Scott Mayfield is like that much of a contributor. Yeah. Uh, the, the problem with doing that though, is that like, if you punish based off of injury, and you got to take into account that, like, let's say Huberto had been hit instead of Barkov, same exact spot, say, same exact hit. Oh, no. Huberto might have been back that game. No, like, I'm not. Injuries I'm not saying, are so different. I'm not from saying, player like, to player. I'm, I'm not saying, like, no, I know it should be a, two weeks for that, but I'm saying, like, if you yeah, increase the punishment I, for stuff like that, will players stop doing it? Yeah. Like, again, P.K. Subban has three or four slewfoots this year, and it's been a fine, like, every time. If you'd given That's him... That's just a weird situation, isn't it? And then Tim Peel's on, like, some podcast. Oh, I don't about... even want to get started on Tim Peel. He's on Twitter now, too. I don't like it. Oh, it's it's terrible. He's like, oh, no, P.K. Subban's not a dirty player. That's just a bad habit that crept into his game. His bad habit is a dirty play. That makes <laughs> exactly. him a dirty player. Exactly. He's it's like, no, he's a good guy. I'm Subban's like... Leg. like, no. He's oh, like, I'm sure he's a she good would. guy. Like, congrats on being a good guy. You can still make dirty hits. Oh yeah, I think I'd like to think I'm a decent guy. I've still like had the occasional like over the line play. Yeah, like, exactly. Like <laughs> those you're two, actually those are not mutually perfect, exclusive. Like, you're actually yeah. like a great example for this. It's just yeah, um, I'm a bit of a psycho out there, but like <laughs> exactly. Psycho. Good, good in the locker room though. Good on the bench. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, yeah. like it's just one of those things where it's like. Yeah, I'm not saying like like again like Subban the one where he kind of like clipped Sammy Blaze. Sammy Blaze out for the season now um, because of that collision. And I'm not saying like all right, well that's Subban caused that he should be out for the rest of the season too. But I'm saying no, like if you give him three three games for the first thing or the second thing, you don't have a third and a fourth. No, right? Like yeah. So I'm not saying yeah, like suspend Scott Mayfield two weeks, although that'd be nice. But like yeah, a game or two, like. Like, it would have been nice. It would have been nice, but I'm not. I'm not upset about it. I get where the game is coming like, from. I like, do. I. I like do realistically really think, though, like how like how much is how much of a fine is an actual punishment to you? If I find you fifty cents, do you feel like you've been punished? No, and, uh, and that's my like, point. The NHL, there the is no punishment there. That's not a punishment. The NHL's fines are disgustingly bad. Yeah, like increase your fines or give them games because finding someone literally peanuts on what they make. Uh, you there there's no remorse no like that's not a consequence i think i think you should i really really do think the nhl sh- like it should be you get fined and the the fine is your wage for that game yeah that way it's like you didn't get paid to play yeah i'd be fine with that that'd be great like yeah, and it eat- would be it would be proportional obviously to each the player's player and income. their salary I think that makes perfect sense. Yeah. 
because then it, the the punishment will actually like impact you. It's like in um, it basically it puts everyone on the same level, is what it does. Yeah, it's the same reason in uh, I believe it's Finland, and I'm not 100 percent sure on this. The speeding tickets. The speeding ticket is definitely proportional a to your Scandinavian income. country. I'm I'm thinking it's Finland. We're gonna go with yeah, Finland. It's Finland for the sake or Sweden. It's one of the two. We'll go with Finland here. Okay. Um, we'll just t- t- shoot our shot. Uh, say it's Finland that does this, where if you get a speeding ticket, your fine is proportional to your income right yeah so because because real same thing like if you know you're you know a millionaire and you're out speeding you know and you go 20 over and you get a ticket 50 bucks do you care not really but for someone who's not making that kind of money yeah like if i got a speeding ticket yeah that's a lot of money to me that's why i always drive the speed limit when i'm out on the roads listen um we went to denver to get uh denver we went to detroit together a couple summers ago yeah, I did not see you speed once. I was telling you to go the speed limit, and you wouldn't. You were going slower. Five hundred. I it's like drove me nuts. I, it was unbelievable. That took us like what seven hours <laughs> to make that shit. But like, yeah, like it's like yeah. So I think the fine should be more proportional to the players, or give out more of a punishment because right now, like, I think we're seeing a lot of dangerous stuff. Not so much the concussion, but like other stuff too that. Uh, should probably uh, be addressed by the Department of Player mm-hmm. Safety and realistically definitely won't be Yeah, um, because nothing ever changes, Yeah, which really should be the slogan for the National Hockey League, if I'm being it, honest. It really should be. The NHL, nothing ever changes. Throw it out. Perfect. Um, yeah, we'll move on. We'll talk briefly about uh, some of the upcoming uh, Panthers games we got here, kind of an interesting uh, stretch of games. But first... A quick ad read from our good friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook. The NHL season is underway, and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, NHL, has an unbelievable offer to celebrate the greatest sport on ice. New customers can bet just $1 on any NHL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. Doesn't matter if it's a one-time clapper or a deft deflection from Patrick Hornquist, however they light the lamp, you win. And a sports book isn't available in your state yet. DraftKings won't leave you empty-handed. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings daily fantasy sports contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN. Throw down $1 on any NHL game. I recommend a Panthers game. And win $100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. This week, one puck in the net nets you a big win with promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, cool. Back to the fun stuff. Uh, Fort Panthers. All right. Are they going to be buzzing on this upcoming uh, stretch of games? We will see. First up, it's tomorrow night. It's the New Jersey Devils with P.K. Subban and his slew foots. You know what's actually uh, – this is unrelated, but I've been watching – I've watched a lot of the Devils this year just for, for, for work and other stuff, right? Yep. And I have no – again, no stats to back this up, no analytics to back this up. I think Jonas Siegenthaler might be the worst defenseman in the NHL comparative to where he plays. Comparative to where he plays in the lineup, I don't think there is anybody as out of place in the lineup as Jonas Siegenthaler. 
I'm going to be honest here. I'm going to defer to your judgment because I cannot say that I've watched a single minute of him this season. Okay, so watch. He plays on a pairing with P.K. Subban, right? Subban's 76 on the right. He's 71 on the left. Of, of course, of course. Watch Siegenthaler with the puck on the stick because I guarantee you the puck will end up on the other team's stick immediately. <laughs> he is a turnover machine. He handles the puck like I handle the puck, which is like a grenade, like get it away from me. I don't care where, just not here. That's how I play. That's how he plays. Uh, I don't like it. No. But I like it in terms of the Panthers playing, though. Exactly. Bigger but, odds of winning, so yeah. we'll take it. And I don't, I don't, I don't want to sound too mean against the you know, Seagan Thaler. No, no, no. But it's just... It's I don't just even fun. know how old he is. He's one of those guys where he's like kind of been around for a little bit. I don't know. Right? I want, like probably 27, 28. 27, 28. 24. Well, my mistake. All right. Well, maybe he'll get better. It's just one of those guys. He's like, I saw a picture of Brett Connolly the other day. Oh, I think we all saw that one. That's rough. Yeah. He's playing in the AHL now, right? Yeah, the Rockford. Yeah. Like, but we've said that for years that he looks way older than he is. Yeah. Yeah. He, he always has. Um, but all right. This Devils Panthers game. What are you looking for from the Panthers here? How do they win this game? Just sustain pressure, honestly. Like, just are you doing sustained pressure? Keep doing what you're doing, and I promise you it will work against the Devils. Yeah. Like, it's that's a- just – that. that's flat out. That's what I, I think. Like, I think it'll be really interesting. Like, I'm not high on the Devils. I'm not as high as you are on the Devils. I'm not high on the Devils. I'm high on Jack Hughes. That's right. That's right. And also Dawson Mercer. How unbelievable is that kid? Oh, my God. He's phenomenal. Great player. I know, like, we should talk about the Panthers and how great the Panthers are, but we already know how good the Panthers are. Dawson Mercer, unbelievable player. Like, you never know how a guy's going to develop, right? No. He just, he just crushed it. Yeah, he's, he's been really, really good. What was he, he, dra- he was drafted two drafts ago, correct? Yeah, not last draft, the year before. Okay, yeah. Like, probably around, like, 16, 17. Yeah. Because Devils had two first rounders. I believe they took him and uh, Shakir Mukamadoulin is the other one. But uh, yeah, Mercer first, right? Yeah, yeah, obviously. Yeah. But uh, great player, really good player for the yeah. Devils this year, especially with like Jack Hughes has been out for them. And I feel like he's kind of stepped in and helped fill a bit of that void. Like, obviously, like he is no Jack Hughes, but similar kind of player. Uh, and so he can do some of the same things, really good skill. Good speed. Yeah. Shifty. Yeah. It does not bode well for your uh, prediction that Jack Hughes was going to win the, what was it? The Art Ross? The Hart. The Hart. That's right. Um, <laughs> or Ross. I mean, automatic. Yeah. No, it's unfortunate because, uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I feel like Jack but Hughes. I, I think it'll have. be, I think it'll be a really interesting test because they lost last game to the Devils and it was pretty bad. Yeah, well, I'm looking at, like, yeah, it was really bad, so I'm sure you're going to want to come out and play better. Uh, the loss of Barkov's going to hurt, obviously, as it would hurt any team to lose your best player. Um, actually, yeah, both teams are that their number one centers in mm-hmm. this one. Um, but it, it's an interesting matchup because I think both teams, uh, they play kind of similar styles, like they're, they're rush attacking teams. Yep. Like, they both are really strong at generating good, good uh, high-danger chances off of the rush. I think the Panthers are maybe a bit better uh, in zone. I think the Panthers defensemen are, are a little bit better. They weren't great in the last game against New Jersey. Um, 
but I like the Panthers decor uh, better than the Devils have. And my other key to the game for the Panthers is the reality is in this one is that for 20 minutes a night, Jonas Siegenthaler is going to be on the ice. I'm yeah, I actually him. have his, I have his, uh, what is this, elite prospects up? Not good. Not good. Like, what do you, what's not good? Doesn't put up any points. Like, zero points. No, he's just, he's got a decent size, right? He's probably like 6'2". Like, that's basically the only thing. Yeah, but that's all six two two eighteen, right? Oh, really? Nice. I nailed it. Um, yeah. So to me, my, my key to the game would be look like New Jersey. Like, yeah, they 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 came at you pretty hard last game. It wasn't pretty. Um, you know, game was close. They kind of broke it open late. Um, you're gonna be without Barkov, so I'm I'm curious to see how the Panthers do without uh, you know, without their captain down the middle and you know guys slotting a bit further up the lineup. Um. But we also, I remember we said early in the year, like when guys get hurt, like I'm, we, you know, we were intrigued to see what Anton Lundell could do with a bit more of a role. Right. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, he was very much blocked by, by Bennett and Barkov. Um, but should something happen to one of them and we obviously hope nothing did, then it would probably bump him up the lineup. I'm curious to see what he does with a bit more of a role or uh Luster Ryan too, uh, probably gets bumped, you know, some more minutes. Uh, so, so it'll be an interesting one, but for me, I think, yeah, two teams that are going to attack off the rush a lot. Um, so defending uh, the devil's rush, making sure uh, forwards are back checking and back checking hard uh, and creating pressure is going to be huge. And then, yeah, offensively, um, I, I see 71 out there. Like I'm coming down the right side. I see PK Subban. I'm flipping <laughs> it to the left side. I'm going in on that side because that's a free entry. It really uh, is. Over there. And even if I don't get the puck once I've dumped it in, he will give it right back to me. I guarantee it. Yeah. So that would be my keys to the game against the Devils. Um, and it, it should be it should be a fun one. Uh, I'm hoping it goes differently than... Uh, they, they were playing a back-to-back on the road last time. So you kind of got to, uh, like, obviously not forget about it, but I think you got to forget about it. Well, and, yeah, and the whole decision to play Spencer Knight was a bit of a debacle, yeah. some might say. Another questionable, I mean, we've talked about it before, but a questionable coaching decision um, perhaps maybe not putting your young, you know, kind of franchise goalie in the best chance, place to succeed. Um, but you know what, like Spencer Knight seems mentally strong. He'll be fine. He'll bounce back, uh, in due time. And, uh, you know, Bob is, you know, back to his, uh, Vesna ways, uh, as predicted before the start of the season by our good friend, Jacob Barker. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm looking for that. Uh, one more game because our next episode we record on Sunday. Saturday, they're taking on the Minnesota Wild, 6 p.m. Eastern. Uh, Minnesota, interesting team from out west. That will be a good game. That will right. be a fantastic game. Yeah. I think there's going to be so much speed in that game. A lot of speed. And, like, then, and then also like Marcus Foligno. But a lot of speed in Marcus Foligno. Um, <laughs> <laughs> not to like harp on Marcus Foligno. He's a good player. But like, but like, I think I could beat him to the puck. Uh, <laughs> no, no shot. That's a lot. That's is a lot. Yeah. Uh, no, that's gonna be a fun one. Uh, yeah. Again, Minnesota. Other team. I watched a good amount of Minnesota this year. Uh, Brandon Dehame and Rem Picklet, two guys for me. I'd keep an eye on. Dehame's been like everywhere. You know what? Like he is. He's like he, he's like what Ryan Lomberg is to the Panthers. He's yeah. Just, he just. But goes. he's a rookie. Yeah. He, he, he's literally. He's just. He's. You know, he's got speed and he's feisty and he just goes, you know, they're, they're like, he's got top speed. That's it. 
Yeah. And so that's what he's going to bring out there. Rem Picklet, he scored his first, second, and third goals in the same game the other day. Uh, nice little hat trick for him. Another player who plays with speed, um, and he's, he's a physical guy as well. Like, that's the thing. Like, Minnesota, fast, physical. And then when they're in the zone, like, they have some guys that can make plays. Joel Erickson Eck, uh, I think, is really blossoming into, you know, a, a really good two way center for them. He had a pretty nasty goal against the Sharks. Was, was that last night? I could not tell you. I think it was last night. At this point, like all the days just pouring into one. Yeah, he's a good player. Um, and their defense is very nice with those top two pairings. Mm-hmm. Um, but then after that, it's Dmitry Kulikov, the you know, Panthers legend. Man, I always loved Kulikov. You know it was what? A, it was a QMJHL bias, to be honest. I I I liked Kulikov and then I didn't like Kulikov. And then the last couple of years, he's kind of been coming back to me. I'm like, all right, this might be a player. Yeah. No, and he got a decent contract in Minnesota. I think it's good for him. He, he had a solid like, year I'm last just, year between New Jersey and Edmonton. Yeah. And then New Jersey was like, yeah, we don't need him. We got Jonas Siegenthaler coming. <laughs> He'll help. <clears throat> um, but yeah, Minnesota, a good team. Their goaltending has been a little up and down. Yes, I know you're a huge Cam Talbot fan, but... I'm not a huge Cam Talbot. I'm no bigger a Cam Talbot fan than anyone else. All right? Like, he's fine. (laughs) Yes, I may have overused him in fantasy last year um, in fantasy hockey. But, yeah, like, Cam Talbot's a good goalie. Capo Kakinen's not. Um, But their goaltending overall has kind of been a bit up and down. Um, Minnesota, to me, I'm looking at these teams on paper and watching them play. Like, they have... They both have really good depth, I think, right? Mm -hmm. And depth that does what you want depth to do. Like, yeah, like the guys on their fourth line are not going to put up 30, 40 points, like our 50, 60 points, but they're going to go out there. They're going to check. They're going to grind down other teams, right? That's what you want Yeah, uh, from, you know, for for eight minutes a night or whatever. Uh, To me, I think the Panthers, well, with Barkov in the lineup, they certainly have better high-end skill and players. Mm -hmm. Like, Minnesota, they obviously have Kirill Kaprizov, right? And, you know, if, if I'm Coach Brunette, that's the name I'm circling on the board, obviously, is the guy to watch. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, like, they got some nice pieces, I guess. But no one, no superstar-level player that I'm like, we got to keep this guy in check. No, it's, it's only Kaprizov, really. Yeah, like, I think... Like, like they, they obviously have some really good, like, playmaking forwards. Like, I, I Kevin Fiala, since he's gotten to Minnesota, has been lighting it up. And I mean, you mentioned Erickson Eck earlier. They they do have some some talent up front, but there's not that like there's nobody other than Kaprizov who's really like that superstar presence. No, I mean, and you know, in the Panthers, they obviously have you know Huberto and Barkov as their two big superstars. Um, but yeah, really good depth from both teams. Matt Zuccarello is like a fine player for them too. Um, you know, he's just solid. And then I'm not sure if he's healthy or not, or if he's going to be in. Um, but I'm a big Ryan Hartman fan. On Ryan Hartman is a Ryan Lomberg type player. Yeah, but he's like he's better. Like, oh, obviously, like he's got better skill. He really, like, yeah. But he's kind he, of a streaky guy, though. Yeah, but he's one of those guys. Like, like one of the things I really like noting, especially with like smaller players, uh, is how good they are at like taking contact and protecting the puck when under pressure and making plays under pressure. And he does that really well. And he's got a bit of skill. He's feisty, small. Um, another guy to keep an eye on in this game if he's, if he's playing. Um, but should be a good game. Uh, you know, Minnesota's had, had a nice start to the year. 
So I think two good tests in these games for the Panthers, one against New Jersey, where I think you're kind of looking for a bit of redemption. And then one against Minnesota Mm -hmm. where it's, you know, a team you haven't played yet this year. So maybe a bit of a feeling out process, but another really good hockey team. Mm -hmm. Really excited for, for, for that matchup a little bit more than the devil's matchup, to be honest. Really? You don't want to watch 20 minutes of Jonas Siegenthaler? I don't. Isn't that a shocker? No, watch, watch the game and focus on 71. I promise you I'm not wrong. All right. I've seen it in like six games this year <laughs> where I'm just like, you know what? Sometimes like players make a pass and it's like it gets picked off, right? Yeah. But it's like, oh, okay. Like he's trying to like feed it across the slot to this guy. Or I can see what he's trying to do. There's sometimes he makes a play on the puck and I'm like, I don't, I can't understand what he is thinking. Like, I don't know where that puck was intended to go. Like, was he just trying to bank it out under no pressure? Maybe, but it, it, it's he's a weird player. So watch him and watch him in the Devils game. I'm predicting Jonas Siegenthaler minus three is my prediction for that one. Uh, but yeah, should be fun. We'll see. Uh, but that does it for this one. Uh, so thank you to everyone uh, tuning and listening. We will be back on Monday uh, with a brand new episode talking about uh, the Minnesota and New Jersey games. Uh, looking forward to that should be a lot of fun Uh, so hope you tune in and listen to it Uh, and yeah we'll see you next time Step up.